Welcome back to Spoiler Free Wrestling, the podcast. And on this edition, we're going to be going over all the news which has been making the rounds in the world of pro wrestling over the past week. However, as always, we will omit any information which could possibly spoil future shows, storylines, angles, or matches for you. And it was a huge week in the world of pro wrestling. And next week will be an even bigger week in the world of pro wrestling. And really, next week begins a new era. A new era in the world of pro wrestling. And if you've been a pro wrestling fan long enough, you know how significant this time in wrestling history is. And just before we get into it a little bit, I I did want to announce that a I will be on a new podcast with um, my good friend Jeff Moss, and we will be discussing the significance of three pivotal years in the history of pro wrestling, 1996, 1997, and 1998, and we will be releasing that next week. I hope you will check it out. And I just wanted to say we picked those three years. Because of how important they are in the history of pro wrestling. They are three of the most pivotal years to take place in this industry. 1996, 1997, and 1998 shaped pro wrestling in North America. Arguably more than any other years in the history of pro wrestling. Another year which will go down in history as one of the most pivotal, influential, and significant years in pro wrestling history is 2019, is the year we're in right now. We are, I was going to say we are experiencing history, but that's actually, I mean, semantically impossible to do, right? You you can have experience, okay, anyway. So let's just look at what the pro wrestling lineup on weekly TV is starting in October. On Monday nights, we'll have WWE Raw, the the flagship show since 1993 for pro wrestling. Monday Night Raw has been where wrestling fans in North America go, like Monday nights. Since 1993. And Monday nights were the battleground for the Monday Night Wars. Then on Tuesday nights, and this was just announced this week, on Access TV will be Impact Wrestling. So Impact Wrestling's parent company, Anthem Sports and Entertainment, their head office is like, a 20-minute walk from here. They purchased Access TV. And that's sort of what Anthem Sports and Entertainment does. Like, they purchased the Fight Network, which um, is... I, I don't believe it operates in the United States, but the Fight Network's pretty much everywhere else and also airs Impact Wrestling in a lot of different areas. And so now they've purchased Access TV, which uh, used to be HDNet, 
And it was on TV in Canada for a little bit, and then it got dropped by some providers. But there was a lot of MMA on there, and they also have New Japan Pro Wrestling and Women of Wrestling, which is, uh, you know, Tessa Blanchard's promotion there with the Lakers owner and the former Glow owner. And so we don't know what's going to be happening with those two shows on Friday nights, but we know Impact Wrestling from 8 to 10 p.m., is going to be on Tuesday nights on Access. Now, the first weekly two-hour show doesn't start until October 29th, but they have four shows on Tuesday nights from 8 to 10 in that time slot in October leading up to that first premiere. So they're going to do a pay-per-view, like a a condensed pay-per-view, on the October 1st show, and they'll show Homecoming. So that's next Tuesday on Access TV, Homecoming. Then on October 8th, it's the Rebellion pay-per-view. On October 15th, they're going to show a condensed version of Slammiversary. Then on October 22nd, it's just going to be sort of a preview special called This Is Impact. And then on October 29th, Impact Wrestling now is your Tuesday night pro wrestling company. And you can argue because they're replacing SmackDown, right? So SmackDown, this coming Tuesday, will be the first time in, I don't know know how long, that SmackDown won't be in the Tuesday night spot. So Impact must be thinking, great, that spot's open. We'll go ahead and we'll slot our show in there. People can uh, click on the the homecoming pay-per-view and, I don't know, doing those pay-per-views in order, getting people primed and and ready for, for the show on October 29th. And... We'll see what Impact Wrestling does. They might decide, hey, we got to do something to make a splash. But those that have been following Impact since Don Callis and Scott Demore sort of took over there at the beginning of 2018, they'll tell you, and I'll tell you, because I've gone to their Toronto shows and Toronto tapings, It's it, they're fun shows. And being on Tuesday nights from 8 to 10 is a heck of a lot better than being on Friday nights from 10 to midnight on a channel which sometimes forgets to air the right episode or come back from commercial. So it's a big opportunity for Impact Wrestling. It's more eyes on their product. All right, let's move away from Impact for a little bit. So another show with uh, that's a little bit up in the air is the is 205 Live. Is the cruiserweight division in WWE. Now, not much is known here other than 205 Live, for the time being, is going to remain taking place after SmackDown. Only now SmackDown takes place on Friday, so 205 Live will continue to air live after SmackDown, only that now means it's going to be on at 10 o'clock on Fridays. We also saw, not this week on NXT, but the week before, we saw a number one contenders match for the Cruiserweight title on NXT. And Triple H did an interview with Newsweek saying that the plan is for 205 Live and the Cruiserweight title to live more under the NXT umbrella than, say, the main roster. Now, what that means for them continuing to tape 205 Live, um, does 205 Live continue to take place after 
SmackDown, or does it become sort of an NXT thing now with the matches just happening on NXT? Doesn't sound like there's been a decision. Possibly one thing that could still be up in the air is there's talk that SmackDown could expand to three hours. Like in interviews, nobody's denied that that could happen. So if that happens, then it's possible they say, well, now we don't have the time for 205 Live anymore. So it's possible everything's just going to stay as is until WWE figures out if the if SmackDown's going to three hours on Fox. They're probably going to want to see how it's doing initially in the first few months on the network before that. So I think 205 Live still lives in limbo a little bit, but the WWE Cruiserweight division, it doesn't sound like there's any risk of it disappearing, um, though it, it sounds as though it's going to go more under the NXT umbrella, more matches from Full Sail University. If you go back to 2016, when they held the Cruiserweight Classic, that was held in Full Sail University and was well-reviewed. People seem to really like it. So the cruiserweights under NXT seems like there could be, it could breathe new life into that brand. And in fact, those are the exact words Triple H used about 205 Live or, or the cruiserweight division going more under the NXT umbrella is that it would breathe new life into it. And so now Leo Rush as a result of, uh, who did he beat? He beat uh, Oni Lorcan, or maybe it was Danny Bryan. I think it was Oni Lorcan uh, on NXT a couple of weeks ago. That was a number one contendership match. So now he, he's he got a cruiserweight title matchup against Drew Gulak. We just don't know when that's going to happen. Is that going to happen at Hell in a Cell on October 6th? Or is that going to happen on NXT? Or is it going to happen on a takeover? Maybe the cruiserweight title will become more, uh, uh, we'll start to see it defended at takeovers. And another thing that I noticed on NXT is when Valter was announced, he wasn't announced as the WWE United Kingdom champion. He was announced as the United Kingdom champion. And the cruiserweight championship wasn't announced as the WWE cruiserweight championship. It was just announced as the cruiserweight championship. That's when they were giving the introduction to the number one contender match on the September 18th episode. They just said, the number one contendership for the cruiserweight title, not the WWE cruiserweight title. And that, to me, probably I'm reading too much into it. Actually, no. No, not probably. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I think they will eventually officially rechristen the cruiserweight title the NXT Cruiserweight title, and the United Kingdom Championship as the NXT United Kingdom Championship. I think that's coming, and I think the first step towards them doing that in sort of an organic way where the fans don't even really notice it is by taking, like, they've taken WWE off, and now will they just sort of casually throw NXT on top of it? There was only, I mean, there wasn't really much mention of the cruiserweight division on NXT this week. You did have Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch wrestled a match, um, but there was no talk of Leo Rush. Well, I mean, Leo Rush wasn't on the show, and there was no talk of a Leo Rush-Drew Gulak match. So, I mean, we'll have to see. 
NXT this week, it felt very much like the first hour was NXT, but that second hour was just kind of um, li- a little bit of a filler as we wait for the big shows, which take place next week. But we'll have to see Leo Rush back in NXT. Leo Rush has a Cruiserweight title match. What does that mean for the Cruiserweight title? What does that mean for 205 Live? And what does that mean for Leo Rush? We'll likely find answers out to all those questions in the next few weeks. The next story I want to talk about is Jushin Liger being unmasked to unveil Kishin Liger. And this happened at Destruction in Kobe on, uh, I mean, I watched it on Monday. It was on the 22nd, which, uh, was that Monday? That was last Sunday. Okay, so Sunday in Kobe. And so this has been a rivalry that's been building between Minaro Suzuki and Jushin Liger on uh, on the tours. Basically, in the in the multi-person tag matches, Suzuki and Jushin Liger have been building a bit of a rivalry, as often happens. And with Liger's career down to the last few months, Liger has said the the Tokyo Dome shows this year and the multiple shows this year. Uh will be his last. So he's basically on his retirement tour. I mean, what are we now? We're September 27th. We got October, November, and December last left. Jushin Liger's career is down to the last three months. And this is a career that's, you know, I mean, Jesus. (laughs) They don't get much longer than that. And so they've been building a rivalry where Suzuki has been uh, like unmasking uh, Liger. And there is a great article on NJPW1972.com about uh, Kishin Liger's history in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And they mentioned that it was in 1996 that Liger first debuted his more monstrous or evil dark like character in 1996 when he was unmasked by the great muda and Keishin Liger has come back uh you know at, at, at different points throughout his career i think they mentioned the article he's only made four appearances and they go through all the the four different appearances from Keishin Liger but then in Kobe I mean Keishin Liger just pulls out this large spike and charges at Suzuki and goes to stab him. And the spike just goes right through the table. And it was, you know, kind of intense. And Liger, in the article, they clarify, Liger doesn't use the, and this is Kishin Liger. Kishin Liger doesn't use the poison mist. He uses the toxic spew. So, you know. So one note, so now Liger and Minaro Suzuki are going to face each other at King of Pro Wrestling on October 14th. And you've also got, a, you know, a bunch of great matches on that show. But So Liger and Minaro Suzuki, and one notable thing is that the match is listed as Jushin Liger versus Minaro Suzuki. Not Kishin Liger. But you know, so who's going to show up? It might be Kishin Liger that shows up, and that's just, you know, they use Jushin Liger's render and, and name on their website. It could be nothing more than that. We are going to get 
Kishin Liger versus Minoru Suzuki. I imagine that's it. But it seems worth noting that it's listed as Jushin Liger. And I wanted to read just this one paragraph that's from the article on Liger from NJPW 1972, and they're talking about the name Kishin. Goes the name Kishin carries with it connections to deities, but also personal transformation. It can easily be translated as fierce god. Uh, the word carries with it an idea of totality, a universal spirit of all creation, both living and dead. It can also suggest the idea of extremely powerful latent ability, traits that Kishin Lager has clearly demonstrated. So we're getting Kishin Lager one more time as Jushin Liger's legendary career is now down to the last few months. And just just before we move off of New Japan Pro Wrestling, oh, and New Japan Pro Wrestling will have lineups for their Fighting Spirit Unleashed shows, which take place this weekend. Just one show is going to be live on New Japan World. No English commentary for it as well. But it will be Kenta defending the Never Openweight title against Yoshihashi on that show. But I just had sort of a, a mild realization when it came to the Tokyo Dome this year. Or, or Wrestle Kingdom, sorry. So we have January 4th and 5th in the Tokyo Dome. And so one thought would be, well, the January 5th show is really just going to be like the show that they do from Cork and Hall on January 5th every year. It's just they're going to, that show's so popular, they're going to have more people there. But that's not it. They're doing a show from Cork and Hall on January 6th. So it's just two Tokyo Dome shows. So that kind of changes everything. It changes the structure. Because it had had been the G1 winner, provided they defended the briefcase, obviously, against the IWGP heavyweight champion. But now you add the second show. So you need a, a big main event to take place after the January 4th show, which has had traditionally your biggest main event of the year. And it seems interesting that all these guys in New Japan are now starting to talk about being a double champion. And the idea that what would happen on January 5th, of course, they haven't, nothing's been announced. But this is just comments made by Naito, by Ibushi. Uh, uh, this idea of on the January 5th show, the Intercontinental Champion facing the IWGP Heavyweight Champion with both belts on the line. If they do that, it changes it it changes sort of the structure of the next few months in New Japan Pro Wrestling where you've almost got a playoff system where there's three wrestlers automatically entered into this mini tournament on January 4th and 5th. You've got the G1 winner, the IWGP heavyweight champion, and the Intercontinental champion, and then the fourth person is whoever is challenging the Intercontinental champion. 
provided the G1 winner doesn't decide to face the Intercontinental Champion. And then the Intercontinental Championship match at Wrestle Kingdom, the January 4th part of Wrestle Kingdom, uh, the winner of the Intercontinental Championship match at Wrestle Kingdom, and the winner of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match at Wrestle Kingdom meet the next night in the main event, and the winner becomes the double champion. But then you've got to sort of split those two belts again by Wrestle Kingdom next year. So that champion would then have to vacate one belt so it can be won by somebody else. And then those two belts are essentially the tickets into this little mini tournament, which would take place every January 4th and 5th. I don't know that that's what they're doing, but comments from Ibushi and Naito seem to have suggested that it is what they could be doing. But we don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see what they announce. Another wrestling company that's making waves this fall, which is they all are. I mean, if you look at any wrestling company, they're all doing interesting stuff. Like MLW's debuting on pay-per-view in November, right? So they're doing big stuff. But also the NWA, they are going to be filming in Atlanta a studio show on Monday and Tuesday. Wait, no, that's not right. Yes, Monday and Tuesday. So September 30th and October 1st, NWA is in the Georgia Public Broadcasting Studios. And on the 30th, they're going to have an NWA World Heavyweight Championship match between Nick Aldis and Tim Storm. So that sounds great. (laughs) You know? Um, now in terms of where is this show going to air, nothing is official. Um, there was a story in the observer that they would shop it around and if nothing bites, they can just throw it up on YouTube. They also announced this week, uh, some new talent for the show. Ashley Vox, Marty Bell, and Thunder Rosa. So that adds some names to the NWA Women's Division. The NWA Women's World Champion is Allison K. So it looks like Allison K is going to have some competition for those titles. Um, Eli Drake also announced for the tapings. They put out a video with James Storm calling out. Billy Corgan and uh, Nick Aldis and basically saying that there wasn't enough uh, promotion of him. And James Storm, of course, is the NWA national champion. So I imagine we'll find out more about how to watch these shows after they've taped. And you would imagine they'll they'll tape on Monday and Tuesday. Then sometime in the not too distant future after that, we should know more about how fans can watch it. NXT had their second show this week, and for the second straight show, they put out an injury report after. I think these are these are interesting. And what they do is it's just a, a YouTube video that they put out, and it's with 
Uh, Matt Camp, who used to be with Bleacher Report and is now a digital correspondent for WWE. And they and so after last week, they just put out this little video, you know, saying uh, so-and-so's, uh, like, Velveteen Dream was listed as day-to-day, uh, you know, with an undisclosed leg injury or something like that. So this week, they did the same thing. And four different wrestlers were listed as questionable for next week, including NXT champion Adam Cole. So this is what Matt Camp said on uh, the video, and this is in our uh, daily update as well. So it says, It is suspected that Cole has a radius fracture of his right arm and was sent to the emergency room for x-rays. Cole is scheduled to defend the NXT Championship against Riddle live on the first two-hour edition of NXT on USA Network next Wednesday at 8 p.m. 7 Central. But will Cole be able to compete in his questionable condition? So it sounds as though the NXT Championship match next week between Riddle and Cole, which Riddle earned by defeating Matt uh, or uh, uh, Killian Dane this week, to headline the USA Network portion of NXT this week. So basically, so Riddle defeats Killian Day. And after that, Adam Cole comes to the ring because Adam Cole is scheduled to defend his title against the winner of that match the next week. So Cole gets in his face. So Riddle then grabs his arm, puts him in a Fujiwara armbar. Cole taps in the middle of the ring. Then they put out a, a video that night with Riddle saying, yeah, I thought I heard a little snap, crackle, and pop in his arm. Then the next day, they put out a video of this injury report saying Cole is going to get x-rays, and he has a suspected radius fracture of his right arm. I'm going to quickly Google what radius means. Radius means, of course, a straight line from the center to the circumference of a circle or sphere. The thicker and shorter of the two bones in the human forearm. Oh, okay. Oh, what is the radius? Okay, the radius, I think, is just a bone in your forearm. So, are we even going to get this NXT Championship match? There's certainly been a lot of information out there that... that Fans can come to the conclusion that Adam Cole has an injury and might not be cleared, might not be medically cleared to defend his title against Matt Riddle next week. What happens then? What do they do? You know, if Cole comes out and he's got his arm in his sling, it's like, wow, this is this is such an important episode for us, you know, but huh. so we'll just have to see if they provide an update before next Wednesday's show or not. Also in that injury update, uh, Raul Mendoza, he was listed as having suffered a rib injury via the double foot stomp from Cameron Grimes. That's two wins in a row on NXT for Cameron Grimes this week. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic is listed as day-to-day with a cervical strain, and that was after dropping the match to uh, Keith Lee in the opener. And Kushida is also listed as questionable, for next Wednesday's show, he's dealing with a wrist injury. So Kushida, who was laid out to end the show, Dominic Nijakovic, who dropped a big match, Mendoza, who dropped a big match, and Adam Cole, all listed as questionable in these new injury reports which go out. So 
We'll always, uh, at Spoiler Free Wrestling, we'll, we'll list what those injuries are. We also, uh, in our territory reports, the results and rankings articles, there's always a list of uh, what wrestlers are injured and just any available information on what their return date might be. Sometimes there's not a lot available, but whatever is available is there. So let's just run down the, the rest of the results from NXT from Wednesday night. Keith Lee defeated Dominic Dijakovic. Those two are now 1-1-1 one, one, and one against each other this year on NXT programming. Uh, they had a double countout. Dijakovic beat Lee in August, and now Lee has beaten him. So could be Lee's moving on. Uh, could be Dijakovic uh, wants a rematch. We'll see. Dakota Kai returned to the ring for the first time after nine months. She defeated Tainari Conti. As we said, Matt Riddle earned an NXT championship match by defeating Killian Dane. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeated the former Lacey Lane, now known as Caden Carter. Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, they defeated Everrise, the French-Canadian team. And so Lorcan and Birch, they're kind of doing double duty. They picked up a win on 205 Live on Tuesday night as well. They defeated Tony Nese and Drew Gulak. So Lorcan and Birch seem like they're going to be in this mix of uh, guys who are on both 205 Live and NXT. As we also mentioned, Cameron Grimes defeated Raul Mendoza. Then Kushida and Brizango defeated Imperium. But then Walter laid out Kushida after the match. So are we going to get a Walter versus Kushida one-on-one match sometime in the near future? All right, I also want to run down Ring of Honor as a pay-per-view tonight from Samstown Live in Las Vegas. Seems everybody is taping their shows in Samstown, Las Vegas. Uh, let's run down the show. Oh, also of note, Jim Johnston, who was like WWE's music guy for a long time, he has composed a new, whatchamacallit, um, theme music for PCO. And so I believe that's going to debut tonight. Uh, we'll see. Okay, so the lineup for Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor tonight, live on Honor Club. Jeff Cobb will take on Brody King. That's in a pre-show match. That's a pretty big pre-show match. I believe um, Jeff Cobb uh, is still... Is he still owed uh, another... Uh, shot at the ROH World Championship. He uh, he won a defy or de- deny match, so we'll see. Jeff Cobb, Brody King on the pre-show. There will be a barroom brawl between the bouncers, so uh, Brawler Malonis and uh, Beer City Bruiser up against Silas Young and Josh Woods. Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. Guys who have teamed together frequently, but have not been seeing eye-to-eye in in those matches as of late. They're going to go one-on-one. Then in the first round of a tournament to determine the number one contender to face whoever is the ROH world champion at final battle, it'll be Marty Skrull going up against Colt Cabana. Also in that same tournament at Death Before Dishonor will be PCO versus Kenny King. For the Women of Honor World Championship at Death Before Dishonor, it will be Kelly Klein defending against the Allure's Angelina Love. And then also for the ROH TV Championship, Shane Taylor 
scheduled to defend against Flip Gordon and Tracy Williams. Now, Shane Taylor and Ring of Honor have both released statements that they will be ending their working relationship with each other. Um, effective immediately. Except for they did work out a negotiation for Taylor to defend this title here. Likely more about this situation will be mentioned on the broadcast tonight. For the tag team titles, the Briscoes will defend against the lifeblood team of Mark Haskins and Bandito. And a big match for the ROH World Championship, Matt Taven defending against the man who is undefeated in Ring of Honor, Roosh. Impact Wrestling also has a show which will start airing at 10 o'clock tonight on Twitch and possibly Pursuit as well. Mahabali Shira will take on Cousin Jake. Madison Rain will take on Tennille Dashwood in a X-Division ladder, ladder championship match qualifier. Let me say that again. So there will be an X-Division title ladder match upcoming soon. And this match is to qualify for that match. And it'll be between Dave Christ and Tessa Blanchard. And they will also air the segment of Brian Cage and Melissa Santos's wedding on tonight's show. Uh, so New Japan will be doing their Fighting Spirit Unleashed uh, tour this week. And the one show, as we mentioned, to be broadcast on New Japan World will have Kenta versus Yoshihashi. Uh, and we'll also have Kazuchika Okada and Kota Ibushi teaming up to take on Sonata and Evil. ROH will then have TV tapings, the next night in Las Vegas. And then, of course, we get to Raw on Monday, which has several big matches announced. And that's going to do it for this week. Guys, thanks so much for supporting these podcasts, our YouTube channel, and the website. I'm the iGuy from Spoiler Free Wrestling.